welcome to EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show, and I have some very exciting news. My book, The Mindful High Performer, is now available in the USA. Tap the link in the description to grab a copy today so you can make small shifts to be a calmer, happier, more productive version of yourself. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Summer Land, who is an author, writer, and a fantastic speaker at EQ Minds. Summer is passionate about helping individuals and teams collaborate more efficiently, perform more effectively, and produce work that doesn't come at the cost of their mental or physical health. Summer has authored and ghostwritten over 10 books and has had work featured in Elle Australia, Marie Claire, Cosmopolitan, Women's Health, ABC, and Mamma Mia. And most importantly, she was the ghostwriter for my book, The Mindful High Performer, and I couldn't have done it without her. She is witty, hilarious, a total legend, and her workshop on mindful communication and connection has been so popular in the corporate world. In this podcast, we talk about how she came into my life, tips for the hybrid workplace, how to become a master of your emotions so that you can project any energy that you want, mindful energy shifts, and tips for difficult conversations and how to use tactical empathy. She is absolutely brilliant, and I hope you get a lot from this podcast. So let's get started. I am so excited to have you on the show today, Summerland. Welcome to the EQ Minds podcast. I'm so excited to finally be cool enough to make it onto your podcast, Chelsea. <laughs> you are the coolest of the cool. And I think it would be great to give a bit of background of how you came into my life and also how you became the incredible ghostwriter for my book, The Mindful High Performer. Well, you slipped into my DMs. This is how all great love stories begin, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I have not many people have slipped into my DMs. I'm just going to be honest. But when you did and you said you had a project that you wanted to talk about, the, the minute that we got on the phone instantly, I was like, I have to be inside this woman's brain. <laughs> She's been through so much. She's come out the other side, not only shining, but rippling out positivity. Your book idea is what's now the Mindful High Performer. And not only was it an honor to write it, it was just such an incredible experience to get to learn from you. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> well, as we know, that book wouldn't have happened without you. So I'm exceptionally grateful to have you in my life. How did you even become a ghostwriter? Like, how do you even start that career? Yeah, you actually write a memoir that's commercially unsuccessful. And then have your agent suggest that maybe you should just write other people's books, you know, those who can't do. <laughs> and that is how I found my way into writing. I did write my own books. I think the really positive there is that publishers started to know who I was and they could see that I could write. And just because I wasn't commercially successful doesn't mean that I didn't have a skill. And since writing my first or doing my first ghostwriting project, it's now been eight ghostwriting projects. And I'm so grateful that it led me to you because Chelsea, while I've always been drawn to communication from a storytelling point of view, it wasn't until I worked on your book, The Mindful High Performer, that I realized just how crucial communication is in terms of our well-being. So true. So true. And you're, you're kind of like our guru now at EQ Minds. You deliver a fantastic workshop around communication and connection and it's going off. So I want to 
get your get in your brain today and let's talk about reconnecting so so many of us have been working remote and uh heading back into the office some people are back mandated full-time other people are back a couple of days a week you know what are a few tips that you have for reconnecting with your colleagues yeah well let's be honest like over the last three years we've kind of forgot how to human right we've been adjusting to new not normals and now that we're coming back i have these conversations with my friends all the time it's like suddenly we're experiencing social anxiety you know during lockdown our words got our worlds got really small some of us you know we didn't make the covid cut we're like why didn't i get to go to my friend's barbecue she only could only have five people i wasn't included and then then the office politics sometimes we shifted jobs and now we're now doing a new role entirely and it is a lot. And I think it's safe to say that we're all feeling a lot of feelings. And as someone who's, I was actually working remotely before it was cool, proud to say, but as someone who's always worked remotely and then done partial days in an office, I do have some tips that I think people would find really helpful because a lot of the feedback that I get during my session is that they don't want to return to the office because they don't think that they're going to be as productive as they could be at home. And I get it, right? Because now when we are finally back in the room, we're just chatting away. And I think the first thing you can do is reframe how you view going back to the office. Like perhaps your office days, it's not about ticking through your tasks really quickly, setting up tons of meetings or doing that deep thinking work. It could be that you're there to work on relationship building, rapport, establishing trust, you know, being part of the workplace culture and getting a bigger sense of where the company's going and just so that you can feel more, more emotionally invested and so that your team members and your leadership team can feel like they trust and see you and your commitment. So number one, reframe how you view going back to work to the office. Number two, we talk about this all the time, Chelsea, emotional regulation. I'm sure you've well, like, we talk about emotional contagions all the time, but like the light, the vibe, call it what you will, 100% impacts how we connect. And we typically carry that vibe into like every interaction that we go to. Like rarely do we check in and think like, hey, that call actually made me really irritable. Maybe I should just like compartmentalize that and tuck that away for a little bit before I walk into this next meeting. Normally we're like, hi, anyone want a coffee in my emotional baggage? And then we, we put it on the table. And what scientists have found, like American sociologist Nicholas Christakis, is that emotions are pretty contagious, aren't they? Yeah. So when we're back in this office... If you're someone who's feeling constantly negative, attacked, a victim, like people can feel that. You don't have to be a scientist to measure it. Like like begets like. It's so crucial for you to be mindful about what emotions and vibe you're spreading out. Now, I will preface this, but it's always okay to not be okay. You can seek the guidance of a GP or a psychologist, but if you're just in a bad mood because your company rolled out a new process and like you don't want to learn something new, you need to take responsibility for your vibe. And the way that I always give these tips is mindful energy shifts. So that's taking a beat in between each task, each like interaction, just check in, how are you feeling? And then mindfully shifting your energy through taking a walk, listening to music, having a quick meditation, journaling, doing some breath work, smiling. Did you know that you can trick your brain into thinking that you're happy? <laughs> you know this, right? Like this is like, yeah kind of like old science, but I still love it. It's your brain registers the muscle activity around your mouth first and assumes that humor is happening and therefore starts releasing feel-good hormones such as serotonin. And I just like love, I call this one the fake it till you make it. 
because you throw it on and you walk into a room where you know, you're like, nobody wants to be in this meeting and you're smiling and all of a sudden it's contagious and everyone's smiling. And a friend's mom said this to me, I'll never forget it. She said, some people light up a room when they walk in and other people walk, light up a room when they walk out. When you're back in the office, like be the person that truly lights up the room when you walk in. Oh, I love that. That is absolutely brilliant. Some people light up a room when they walk in and some people light up a room when they walk out. It's right. That is so true. They're like really, really cool and practical tips that people can do. How about we get back into the office and we've got great connections. So whether it's at work or say in your home life and you've got a good circle of friends, you may still need to have difficult conversations. That's really hard. Yeah. Can you share any tips for someone who has to give, you know, tough feedback or have that conversation with a good friend? Absolutely. So while my first two tips were, you know, reframe how you view going to work and managing your emotions, the third one, which is going to bleed into this, is using tactical empathy. I love empathy for a lot of reasons. Like one, it's the antidote to judgment. It makes you take things less personally you're probably less likely to people please if you can figure out what's really driving them. And so when you're having difficult conversations with someone that you love or really respect, because this can be at home, this could be at work, you want to approach it kind of like a negotiation. And the person who's always in control is the one who's asking all the questions and actively listening, because you want to figure out what's holding them back. You know, what because the reasons why someone won't come to an agreement with you are often more powerful than why they will. So is it money? You got to be really strategic with the questions you're asking to figure out what's going on and preventing them from coming to an agreement with you. But the other really good tips for difficult conversations is tip number one, do it in person. Because the words we deliver alone, leave 93% off the table. People are very perceptive to our body language and our tone of voice. Number two, Get on neutral territory, get out of the office, get outside, go to a cafe. When we walk, actually, like our eyes move in a specific side to side pattern that lowers the fear activation centers in our brain, specifically the amygdala, which means that we're literally calmed by the act of walking and we're in nature. So everyone's feeling happy outside. Stand side by side with them or sit side by side because it's less confrontational than head on. And once you've done that, then you can start using this tactical empathy to ask the questions needed to get to the truth of the matter, because really you're seeking clarity in this difficult conversation. The final tip for that is to be very choosy with your words. I know that I just said that words don't play a huge role in communication, but when you're having a difficult conversation, there are a few words that can feel like they're directly attacking your amygdala. And the first one is why? Because when you ask someone why, like, why are you late? They're gonna immediately go into defense mode. If you say, you know, what kept you from being on time, then they're gonna be like, yes, let me name all the external factors that kept me from being here on time. The thing with why is you tend to just get a lot of excuses and not a whole lot of clarity. So instead of, you know, why did you do this? It can be, can you walk me through your decision-making process? Like that's so much more beneficial for both you and whoever you're speaking with. When having a difficult conversation, you wanna avoid the word but, because anything you say before the word but, it's completely negated, right? So instead of, I really value your hard work on this project, but you're not converting customers quickly enough. All I'm hearing is you're not converting customers quickly enough. Mm-hmm. So instead you could say something like, I really value your hard work on this project. Do you happen to have a few more ideas of how we could convert customers more quickly? 
Like, do you see how that's already just so much easier, like nicer, kinder, clearer, and they're going to start churning out multiple ideas for you for this problem. And another tip is, you know, opting for words like we, us, our, instead of I and me, because people like for things to feel about them and included. So those are just a few tips that I would say really help diffuse difficult conversations. Just let them feel you, like be authentic, be warm, be approachable. So valuable, some so, so helpful. And some, because this is a mental health company, we ask all of our guests on this show, how do you protect your mental health these days, given your very, very time compressed schedule? Well, I just take a page out of your book, Chelsea, many pages out of your book, actually. The number one thing I have to do to protect my mental health is protect my sleep. Without sleep, I am a shell of a human. So straight away, I just do everything in my power to ensure that I'm getting at least seven to eight hours a night. And the second thing that I do is that I make sure that I move every day. I have to exercise. I have to see sunlight. I have to feel like I, it's not in crazy high intensity exercise. I just have to move my body. Those two things are my like non-negotiables. And then there's like 30 other things that I like to do as well, but for another time. <laughs> That is awesome. Summerland, it is such a joy to have you on the podcast today. Where can people find out more about you? Well, they can visit the eHumines website, little speaker tab, Summerland, lots of biographical information there. They can connect with me on LinkedIn, Summerland, and on Instagram at Summerland Writes. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. This podcast and the information contained therein is made available for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide medical advice. This information should not be used as a substitute for competent medical advice from a licensed specialist, doctor or psychologist. Thank you.